at some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. Everybody, welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live 
every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Uh, please support this project. You can go to eplex.store, sign up for memberships there, or um, I don't know, buy some merch. Uh, use the promo code NOWSPACE, all caps, one word, for a, a discount all the time on everything. And um, also, I guess, Patreon, if you use Patreon, patreon.com slash echoplex. I don't suggest it, but if you don't want to sign up for yet another fucking thing and you're already a Patreon user, we'll take your money. I'm Producer Dave. Uh, you can now find me on Reddit being accused of all manner of things because I have chosen to uh, criticize uh, a man named Aaron Smith Levin. Fabulous. Does he have his own subreddit? Uh, no. There's a whole saga. Oh. We can talk about it. We can talk about it off, off, off stream sometime. Fabulous. Uh, well, with you as always is uh, the councilman. You can find me in cahoots. And I'm happy to be here as always with you, Producer Dave. I'm ready to dive into some lovely local derp. Um, and I really hope you stay tuned afterwards for public comment. One of my favorite shows on the Echoplex Media Network. And it really is just that, public comment. That's right. We have a longer docket than usual, so let's get going here. It looks like we're leading off the uh, candidates for the seat that Dianne Feinstein has uh, vacated. Uh, had a bit of a debate in uh, San Francisco, and uh, let's, let's see, what they, uh, see what they had to say and what the local news had to say about it. Tonight, the four candidates taking the debate stage just three weeks ahead of Super Tuesday. I believe the greatest single currency we have as Americans is the right to vote. We've got to get these AK-47s, ghost guns, and assault weapons off the streets of California. We have to close that gap and make sure that California and America can still be a place of opportunity for the middle class. We have to make the economy work for people again. Well, the ballots are out and voters can begin weighing in on who will represent California in the United States Senate. Good evening, everyone. I'm Mike Meebach. And I'm Julie Hainer. The four candidates tackled some of the biggest issues facing California, including immigration, inflation, crime and homelessness. We have live team coverage tonight of this evening's Senate debate. KTVU's Zach Soss is in San Francisco, where voters gathered for a debate watch party. First, though, we go to our political reporter, Greg Lee, who was at tonight's debate in the city. Greg, you heard from from the candidates tonight, how did they do? Yeah, Julie, Mike, good evening. They covered a lot of ground in an hour, and the interactions on stage were much tamer than the first debate. These candidates seemingly feeling the urgency now that voters can vote right now. And the, crisis the top four candidates in California's U.S. Senate race met in San Francisco for a second debate ahead of the March primary. Democrat members of Congress Adam Schiff, Katie Porter and Barbara Lee and Republican Steve Garvey weighing in on national headlines like the failed border deal. The president should take executive order. Uh, comprehensive immigration reform is necessary. We will not have border security until we have comprehensive immigration reform. On day one, the president opened the floodgates and created a crisis in the United States. He should be the one to step up and close the border. The race for president, also a major topic. Garvey once again pressed on his previous support for former President Trump. Constant badgering uh, and the use of the former president's name as an attack against me to try to paint me into a corner. And that's what career politicians do. He shouldn't be on the ballot uh, at all um, because 
the Constitution is quite clear. If you take an oath to defend the Constitution, as he did, and then you violate that oath by engaging in insurrection, you should be disqualified. This kind of back and forth between Democrats and Republicans is what people are fed up with because they're not focusing on the question that you asked, which is one that deserves to be answered. The candidates also weighing in on President Biden's age and mental acuity in the wake of the special counsel's report. The Democrats stood by Biden while Garvey said he's saddened by what he sees. A new poll shows Schiff continuing to lead the pack while Porter and Garvey are in a dead heat for second with Lee following behind. About 29% of voters are still undecided. As someone who's been consistently standing up for what is right, being a progressive champion all of these years, I think voters are going to be able to see the distinction between all of us. Time is running out for these candidates to make their case. Ballots were sent out and in-person early voting began last week. They're battling through the airwaves too. Schiff recently released an ad suggesting this is a two-person race between him and Garvey. Porter railed at the assertion. I think that voters should choose the candidates, not the other way around. And I think it's disappointing um, that Representative Schiff is trying to deprive Californians of a robust um, election all the way through November. Uh, look, I think what's good for California is if we have a senator who can take on the big fights and get stuff done. Uh, that is ready to step into Dianne Feinstein's shoes and deliver for the state. Well, he'd look good in Dianne Feinstein's shoes. <laughs> now, there will be another Senate debate between these top four candidates in Los Angeles next Tuesday. A reminder, the top two vote-getters, regardless of party, are who advance to the November general election. Reporting live in San Francisco, Greg Lee, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Greg. Is that right that it's the top two, even if somebody gets 50% plus one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. even if someone got 99.99999%, um, they'd still have to go to a runoff if there was at least anyone else in the race. So I like how the Republican guy was like, how dare you talk about a thing I did? (laughs) (laughs) Right. How dare you talk about the former president and all the things he did? Um, How dare you make that a slur? Um, How dare you, sir? Do you have no shame? Uh, Steve Garvey, former Major League Baseball player, actually. uh, Claim to fame. So he will get some votes just from that. So if it goes, if it goes, um, Adam Schiff and uh, what's his name, Steve Garvey, it's going to be a bloodbath in general. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, Adam Schiff can take a vacation to the Caymans and just, you know, sit on a beach. Um, it, but if he's up against Katie Porter, I think that's a, you know, I, I don't know that it's an even matchup just in terms of fundraising and infrastructure and just a lot of other things, establishment support, but it would tear the party completely apart, the Democratic Party, that is, at least in California. For a time, always comes back together. Um, um, but it would it would be one of those races that would tear the part like party insiders, not like you, me, or you know, folks on. Uh, I mean, John, uh, if, John if, it, Democrat. It, if it falls down that way, I'm voting for Katie Porter. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I I say vote for whoever you're going to vote for. Um, yeah. Personally, I'm with Barbara Lee just because she's oh always yeah, yeah been in the primary, me. yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. it, it's looking like she's not going to. Yeah, she just doesn't have the money to compete. She's she's the only one. I mean, you you if you're watching t- if you watch any TV at all right now, you're seeing ads for this race. Um, and uh, she's the only one you're not seeing, unless you're, I guess, a demo like a hardcore Democrat like me, and you're not seeing Steve Garvey's ads. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, she just doesn't have the money to compete with uh with these other folks. Um, but yeah, I, I think Katie Porter would be a good uh, second bet there. Um. But uh, Schiff's pretty strong. He's, he's going to be really strong in fundraising. He's going to be very strong um, in infrastructure, like I said, and then with the establishment support. So, 
a friend of the show, Dan Badani, really hates him. So that's a, a point in his favor. <laughs> that's always nice. Um, the good, the good wife has it on good authority that Katie Porter has been known to be a staff abuser to some extent. That doesn't oh. mean necessarily physical abuse, but it uh, certainly we we definitely have a sensitive spot in our family, at least for uh, political and policy and campaign staffers. So. Well, if, uh, if she makes it to the general and it gets close, that's going to come out. If it's, I bet, if it's I would imagine it would. Yeah, it, it's 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 certainly it seems to be well known in Orange County and in the circles where she runs, right? Um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't know. I'm not. I'm not an Orange Countyan. She can't possibly be as mean to her staff as Marianne Williamson. I, yeah, I, I have a hard time believing that for sure. And <laughs> orb, orb mom, the, some of the stuff we heard about orb mom and the way she talks to her staff. Orb oh mom, is she, is, is she like Las Gatas party mom who we're going to hear about later? No, no, but speaking oh, okay. of later, we're going to move on to uh, winners and losers where there are no winners unless you were rooting for somebody and then they probably going to lose. But just like Sunday. Anyway, so I'm going to, I'm going to first have to just, um, I'm going to take some qualms with the show notes here. Um, a flash mob <laughs> is people getting together in front of a Starbucks to dance to a Jamiroquai song. Uh, <laughs> it is not lighting a Waymo car on fire. Was I, was I mixing metaphors and, or, uh, yeah, yeah, elucidating euphemisms or something? So, uh, this was covered, uh, on, um, it'll come out tomorrow. The, uh, how the tech are you show? Of course, this is a Waymo Beautiful. car. So this will be a double header this week. Beautiful. A lot of times. This this is one of them stories that might go that might go Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, actually. <laughs> hey. Is that like EGOT? Is yeah, that's that's the that's the hat trick. Nice. It's the hat trick. If a story gets covered on three uh different shows uh here on Echoplex Media over the course of the week, that's the hat trick. Um this <laughs> is so <clears throat> my understanding and we'll I'll just really quick uh this car like drove into a party by itself <laughs> and like didn't bring any beer or anything and then uh, <laughs> and then then well here here's here's what happened did you see what the car was wearing sir At jackson street near grant avenue you can still see a portion of the former oh. waymo jaguar burned oh. into the pavement bakery owner dick lee says saturday was really busy and when traffic came to a stop at jackson he saw a group surround the white driverless suv first time uh, put the uh, put the some uh, for the fire inside and then the brick boom like that and then uh, slowly a lot of people to this uh, to put it like, like this tagging it. lee pointed to a sign he says someone in the group painted he says they had been tagging up the street before coming to the parked waymo in witness video you can see people in the group marking and spray painting the empty waymo then someone wearing a black hoodie and sunglasses breaks out the rear passenger door window <laughs> and another person uses a skateboard to hit the SUV. At some point after the windows were broken, someone threw a firework or fireworks into the car. Mr. Lee tells me that police officers have already come into the neighborhood and have started asking some of the merchants with security cameras if they can have access to that video so they can try to identify as many people as possible that were involved in Saturday's incident. Several videos <laughs> of the burning SUV quickly circulated through social media. Among those that commented is the U.S. Attorney's Office from the Northern District of California, citing a federal statute against vandalizing or destroying property used in interstate commerce. During a news conference today at the U.S. District Courthouse in San Francisco, the FBI would not confirm their part of an investigation into Saturday's fire. 
Board of Supervisors President Aaron Peskin dismissed comments by some that the fire was in response to a backlash against tech companies in the city. Yeah, I've heard all sorts of theories. I really don't care whether or not this is anger against tech companies. It is dangerous, it is illegal, and uh, it's not going to be tolerated. He says the group was more likely simply continuing a run of neighborhood vandalism. Supervisor Peskin says there are videos he's seen of some of the same group tagging businesses in Chinatown hours before the incident with the Waymo. In San Francisco, Sergio Quintana, NBC, Bay Area News. So continuing a pattern of vandalism, okay, like tagging like a like a like a Caltrans uh, fucking, what are those things called? This <laughs> tagging is a lot different than fucking burning a car to the ground. So I'm not sure it was a continuation of the tagging of the Caltrans this. Like, Probably not. Yeah. Uh, an extension, ex- ex- you know, I don't know, expansion, uh, I don't know, vertical integration of uh, maybe, but um, yeah. Don't know how you can make a connection even. So, I mean, a lot of people were like celebrating this and I'm going to go, I'm going to actually take the other position. Um, that fire could have spread to like people's homes and shit. Like don't, don't light a fucking car on fire. Like, especially like in a densely packed area, like, like like, like the fire will spread, you know, cities are better, you know, good thing they didn't light it on fire in a fucking, like a fucking dry field somewhere. I mean, that would have definitely spread like people's. Uh, people's uh, catalytic converters start fires in dry fields and that's without even a spark. Yeah. So yeah, like somebody but, in chat said it could have blown up. Like there's gas that was that, I don't know if it was an electric vehicle or not. I believe that was a gas powered vehicle. I think it's a, a Jaguar SUV. I believe it's a gas powered vehicle, but yeah, don't, don't, don't light shit on fire. I'm, I'm ambivalent about the skateboard, but the, uh, the pyrotechnics is where I'm like, uh, no, 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 don't do that, please. Yes, uh, be be careful, and especially if there are people around you. Um, there's a crowd around you. The streets are filled with people. It's not really the kind of place to set fireballs off. It's a really bad idea. I wouldn't even set fireworks off. Like, don't forget forget the Waymo car. Just don't set fireworks off in the middle of a crowd. Right. That's right. just silly. That's just silly. Um, and and yes, you should you should definitely be um, reprimanded for that in some way. You know what's um, crazy yeah. is more people are going to get arrested for that uh, skateboard hill bomb than are going to end up getting arrested for this. Probably, yeah. Probably. That's sad. sad. But at least they're suing the city now, so we get to see how that goes. So... <clears throat> two years from now. But the other thing here is that, like, obviously, like, there was a party. It was, I believe, a, was it a, a Lunar New Year party going on? Is that, like, sort of what the crowd was gathered I'm, for? I would imagine so, yeah. I don't, I don't know for sure, but yeah, that's my guess. Um, the the these companies that have these uh, self driving cars should um, do a better job of knowing what's going on in the city and keeping track of their cars. Yeah, this yeah, would be like if it idea. drove into like Halloween on the Castro or something. I mean, it, not that they do Halloween in the Castro, but like, what would happen to a self driving car if we still did Halloween on the Castro and it drove it like into the party? And that's a that's um, a that's a you know that's a nice part of town. Nice part of town. Maybe you know maybe they would just glam it up and get inside and try and take the car off for a, a joyride. So uh, n- nobody root for here. Um, I'm glad nobody got hurt. That's good. Yes. Otherwise, it would not have been made the docket. Um, we would probably t- if, yeah yeah I, I would have well we would have probably I don't know would have been in winners and losers but the the tone would have been different. I'm glad nobody yes. got hurt. But yeah, don't yes. light fires 
just don't light fires except like in a fire pit or your fireplace if you're supposed to even do that if it's you know depends on like spare the air and all that yeah most places no although um i think some folks during the recent power outage definitely uh, indulge themselves and why not um you know i don't know this if you want to if you want to protest these cars like surround it with fucking surround it with these things that you saw <laughs> the, the caltrains i don't even know what these things are called just surround it with those things so it gets confused and it's stuck there and it has to just hang out use it as a use it as a coaster for your drink like you know uh the, the, maybe the car just wanted to party you know like no one's really yeah, that, actually you know what that. like number five wants to party but it didn't show up with any beer it's true number five have no beer a can of soup a meal in itself anyway folks don't light shit on fire just don't light shit on fire <laughs> like uh, oh, okay if well, you want to disrupt the 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 cars put things in front of them they get totally confused there you go there you go. And speaking of confused and don't do don't do things. Don't steal airplanes from airports and land them on the beach. Oh, yep. Palo Alto has an airport apparently. I, I this is freaking news to me. I mean, maybe I knew it in the back of my mind somewhere, but uh, yeah, don't don't really hear about this airport every day. Anyway, someone stole a plane from the Palo Alto airport and they landed on the beach. All right, let's hear about it. That's not the person. It's business as usual at the Palo Alto Airport with numerous small planes taking off and landing. But one plane that left the airfield Thursday evening wasn't supposed to. According to the San Mateo County Sheriff's Office... Pilots, please fly quietly. What does that mean? Gustavo Aries <laughs> stole a single-engine plane and Stealth ultimately mode. landed in Half Moon Bay near Poplar Beach. Pilots we talked to at Palo Alto Airport were surprised. It is pretty unusual. You do hear about it every now and then, but it's kind of every, every few years. It doesn't. It doesn't happen that often. Pilots mostly seem booger. curious how he it had happened. a fat head of his cat. Alto Airport has a pretty straightforward entry procedure. So if you're a pilot, you you will probably know how to how to get onto the field. And a booger. <laughs> Getting into the airplanes and other matters. The news doesn't like um, him. Many airplanes are um, unfortunately relatively easy to to get into. Aviation expert Mike McCarran agrees, saying it's not much different than stealing a car. So that's something that needs to be looked into at Palo Alto, how he had access to the, the ramp where the aircraft was parked. McCarran adds a witness description of the flight and landing, says a lot about the level of expertise needed to fly a getaway. I came back around and down to the beach and again was flying real low, landed. And that's when the mushrooms kicked in. <laughs> I was thinking that too. The guy hopped out. He said he ran out of gas and walked off. As far as flying the plane, the planes want to fly themselves. Basically, if you get enough speed, the planes will stay level. Um, and so he did have some knowledge to keep it straight and level. Any concerns about the security here at Palo Alto Airport? No, now? no, I'm not concerned about that or, or frankly at any airport. And why is that? Um, well, it's, I guess for, for airports like these that aren't the kind of the major airports, um, you know, the, the, the people that are here are, are, are mainly pilots and relatively trustworthy. City and county agencies are the ones looking into this. We're told the FAA and the NTSB are not involved because even though it was a rough flight and landing, it is not considered a crash. In Palo Alto, Robert Honda, NBC Bay Area News. You know, there are better ways to get to the beach from Palo Alto. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, bro, the 92 is just slammed, you know, and you, you got to figure out another way. Um, they, have, they had places to go. They had festivals to see. 
That gal had one hell of a mushroom trip, though. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I was on the beach, and the plane just kept circling and circling and circling. And then an alien got off and asked if I wanted to come with him to San Francisco. Anyway. Um, what, what do you suppose? Well, so it's like grand theft, I suppose, but there's probably some other, like, federal crimes involved in like stealing an airplane right because that's like the faa's the faa even though like they said they're not involved you, you this is not going to be like the you know the the district attorney or whatever i mean there may be like local or state charges but this person's going to definitely be charged by like the u.s attorney for the like northern district or whatever for sure one, one would think so right um so we, we'll see what happens but uh yeah it, it at least grand theft. Um, I'm guessing a plane costs a good bit of money. Um, and there's absolutely, when you're in anyone's airspace, it, even with drones, you know, at some levels you have to have like, you know, proper permits and approvals and uh, go-aheads. Um, so I'm guessing this, this pilot did not have any of those things. Um, but like I said, like you said, they really had to get to the wine festival. So early you got to get there earlier. There's just no good parking spots for planes on the beach. Did they spray any chemtrails? That's a good question. We would have to ask Madison Star Moon. We would. Or uh, Jim Lee's actually the expert. Ah, uh, this is true. And he, she, he, it, he'd it, try to find it on his own website because that's the only place he looks for information. Was Madison an acolyte of Jim Lee or were, just, were they sort of sep separate spaces and Madison just uh, tried to... Oh, they all, they all hate each other. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes absolute sense. They're all, they're all clamoring for the limelight, producer Dave. They're trying to get that last little scrap of fame, um, and they're all grasping at it, and uh, only the strong will survive. So sometimes you go to a donut shop, but you're not really there for the donuts. No, you're there for the magic mushrooms or the methamphetamines. announcing an arrest over a new narcotic called pink cocaine. 32-year-old Luis Carrillo Molleda was arrested, accused of making and selling the narcotic out of his business on the 400 block of Blossom Hill Road. The Whoa! Yeah. I used to live there. Did yeah. it name the business? Property records confirm Carrillo is the owner of Yum Yum Dog. Yo, that was the only place that was ever, that was the only place that was open. Yo. Yo. I mean, they still sell donuts. I mean, don't get me wrong. They they, had donuts. they definitely had donuts. Yo, but you could get. If you got really, that sugar donut, you're not really positive what was on that sugar donut. You know what I'm saying? You could get, you could get a really good sandwich there at like fucking four in the morning for seven bucks, dude. Me was and Juan really Maserati good? went there after after <laughs> late nights sometimes. Was it really good or was it dusted with pink cocaine? Oh, I don't, I don't know. It was good though. It was good though, and the staff were always really friendly. But maybe they were uh -huh. high. They probably. <laughs> and the narcotic mine. is commonly known as two C or Pink Panther or Pantera yeah. Rosa. The Metro Pantera Rosa. detectives Ooh, like um, executed search warrants at the suspect's residence and um, business. Carrillo was arrested last month, but police announced it this week, saying they recovered illegal narcotics and a large amount of cash, along with a gun and ammo. Yum Yum Donuts customers today were surprised to hear about the allegations. I think it's crazy personally because I always come to this donut shop and for me to hear this it's unbelievable you know would have never guessed 
The new synthetic drug is a mixture of ketamine, meth, cocaine, opioids, and usually a strawberry powder. There's no good reason to use it. Uh, we would avoid it. <laughs> you say. They haven't seen any patients coming in Doctor, overdosing on it. If that really is your name. Dangerous mixture. It runs the gamut of effects on the body, all of which are extremely dangerous. Well, we're anticipating um, patients presenting with our extreme agitation, psychosis, hallucinations. And that's why police are warning the public about this new drug. We are starting to see it, like more cases of it. Um, so we just want the public to be aware that it is out there. In San Jose, Ian Cole, NBC Bay Area News. Strawberry powder just seems like filler. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would imagine so. It's, it's good for flavoring, maybe. Um, as you're, you know, I, I didn't get quite how you're ingesting it. If it if oh, you would probably snort it. Mmm, fun. Yeah, it's you know, pink cocaine. That makes sense. Well, maybe, yeah, it gives you a nice, nice strawberry effervescence when you're yeah. putting it up your nose. Strawberry sneezes. The strawberry sneezes. Strawberry. Gotta drop the E. Anyway, I'd um, never heard about that stuff. I'm glad they, I was getting wondering if they were going to say what was in it. Uh, actually, I mean, the guy's like, this isn't good to do. Yeah, I wouldn't do that shit either. I would never do like doing like uppers, like doing like a upper, like a cocaine and then like a dissociative, like a, ketamine at the same time like is actually very bad for you yes that sounded like a pretty nasty cocktail uh, somebody so in I've... chat just called it strawberry snort cake <laughs> oh man <laughs> let's we gotta bookmark that we gotta trademark it we gotta make some money for the chat let's do this uh all right well moving right along because we got to get down ballot uh party mom is back in court, we have a quick hit from NBC Bay Area about uh, what's going on. Looks like there's a delay in her trial. Was she offering the kids any strawberry snort cake? Uh, you know what? We absolutely should look for a connection between this and the previous story. Um, I'm sure the PD is working on it, but uh, we can certainly you know, give them a, a hot tip. <laughs> I'm guessing it's true. The trial of the mother accused of hosting alcohol-fueled parties for her underage son and his friends is being delayed. NBC Bay Area's Bob Riddell joins us live from outside the Hall of Justice in San Jose, where I understand he just uh, attended a hearing for Shannon O'Connor. And this could be pushed back now, Bob, for several months. Correct. Good morning, Shalar. Shannon O'Connor this morning asked a judge to be referred to the public defender's office for a new attorney. Well, she ran out of money. Been in jail for over two years now. Appeared this morning at Department 39 at the San Jose Hall of Justice behind me. And you can see her seated with her private attorney, Brian Madden. Madden informed the judge this morning that his client can no longer afford to pay her attorney's fees and that she needs a public defender, which would be paid for by the government. Legal analyst Stephen Clark, he tells us this means the trial could be delayed at least six months, in his opinion, as this new attorney, whoever that is, would need that time to go through the evidence and become familiar with O'Connor's case. Late last year, a grand jury indicted O'Connor on seven additional felonies, including at least one charge that she allegedly encouraged sexual acts between some of the teens at those parties in Los Gatos, which she is accused of hosting and providing alcohol for. This is a very complex and emotional case for the victims, particularly those living in Los Gatos. Um, they've been very active in demonstrating to the court and the DA's office what they want to see happen. So I'm not surprised it's taken a long time, particularly when you look at the number of victims involved. Many children have come forward and said they were abused by Ms. O'Connor. 
Clark says the big question is whether a plea bargain is possible for Shannon O'Connor. That is always a possibility, he says. But if she is convicted, O'Connor now faces 31 years in prison instead of 17 years based on her earlier charges. O'Connor is due back in court March 6th here at the Hall of Justice behind me for identification of her new attorney from the public defender's office. Reporting live here in San Jose, Bob Riddell, NBC Barry News. Take the plea party, mom. Take the deal party, mom. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd, I'd say at this point, especially if you've run out of money to pay your private attorney. Um, not that public defenders are any slouches. I, I give it up to our public defenders actually here in Santa Clara County. They are really good attorneys. Um, but that being said, you know, it, it, there comes a time. So take take the plea. <laughs> well, that's what get it, out while you, you know, can. And I don't I don't know all the details of the case or whatever, but that's one of the jobs of a good attorney would be to be like, dude, they they got you. Like you gotta yeah. get, you gotta take a deal. They, they, you want to get out you. of prison before you're dead, you know? Right. So at this point, um, I don't like, know how old. I would imagine one of the things they would want to do in the plea deal is to get that charge of encouraging minors to engage in sex acts, like off of the fucking thing. So she doesn't have to register like when she gets out, you know, yeah. try to get that one off of the list. Although yeah. I would also imagine that the district attorney would be uh, very uh, not inclined to want to take that off of the list. Yeah, they're they're pretty stiff and strict on that, especially when uh they're up for re-election. <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna. This is a, a story about literally getting your shit together. Apparently, if you're in the No Valley neighborhood of San Francisco, uh, there's a place to take a shit. Finally, the infamous million-dollar Noe Valley toilet is in the news once again. After the public was shocked by its high construction costs, delays, and politics surrounding it, there is finally a new date for its ultimate installation. ABC 7 News reporter Leanne Melendez is in the newsroom with the how, when, and Leanne why, for Pete's sakes, it's taken so long. Dan, what a saga this has been. This was a journey that started with one. Oh, you should have been able to say shit show. $1 million in state funding. <laughs> then the outrage of the community. Then two out-of-state business owners saving the day and now finally a date for the installation of what may be the most coveted toilet in the history of San Francisco. <laughs> the Noe Valley Town Square is a small refuge in a bustling little neighborhood where reading is rewarded, dogs are looked after, and camping is certainly not allowed. There's no smoking, no feeding the birds, no littering, no glass containers, and still no bathroom. But it would be helpful to have a toilet here because there are very few, um, there's no public toilets on 24th Street at all. For people who are just visiting, you know, a tourist who's gotta, gotta go. <laughs> we have an emergency, we have to make a pee-pee, it's good to have a toilet. The drama surrounding the proposed yeah. toilet reads like an afternoon soap opera. The initial cost of $1.7 million shocked even the most skeptical of San Franciscans. How could a 150-square-foot bathroom cost that much? Why not? Why wouldn't be? You know, it's the well, city. Apartments cost. Last year, the city's <laughs> Recreation and Parks Department gave us a long list of things involved when building a no-frills bathroom, such as landscaping design, permits, and environmental review. Staff time, um, permit fees, um, and, and architecture and engineering required to make sure everything works and fits together. 
But when people criticized it for being financially excessive, the city backed off and turned to two out-of-state vendors who offered to donate a prefabricated modular bathroom and provide free architecture and engineering services. All they needed to do was to find local union workers to install the toilet. At the time, it was good publicity. After all, the Noe Valley public toilet is so notorious. That it now has its own Wikipedia page. <laughs> it was longer than typical. Chad Kaufman is the owner of public restroom company donating the toilet. Based in Nevada, for him, dealing with San Francisco's convoluted building process has been a lesson in patience. Municipal government just has to go through these proper procedures, and every city is different, every county is different across the United States. It's just the way it is. Meanwhile, the other donating company, Volumetric Building, complained that the high cost of local construction had delayed the installation. That prompted Reckon Parks to write them a letter stating, "Quote: Unfortunately, despite assurances of an efficient installation made to our general manager and in the press, the restroom's opening is now four months behind schedule." They had some unforeseen delays on. Their side, some staff out, and then um, you know I think the cost of construction in San Francisco was a little shocking to them. But all the issues have been resolved, and we're very grateful for their gift. And、um, everything's in place now. The residents of Noe Valley will finally get their bathroom. The on-site construction preparations will begin next Monday, and the bathroom delivered on March seventh. Kaufman believes residents will be pleasantly surprised with the final product. Chad, it was more than I expected. It was more than I expected. And as the neighborhood waits in anticipation for it to arrive, the lot is being put to good use <laughs> by those faithful companions. <laughs> Now, Reckon Parks will have spent only. Three hundred thousand dollars to cover their end of the deal. So permit fees, staff time, and all those little things that here in the city in San Francisco add up in a big way. Now remember, everything else was donated. So, if my math is correct, and I think it is, the city will have one point four million dollars left over for another similar bathroom project in the Bernal Heights neighborhood. But I can tell you, Dan. You know, I think this was a win-win situation for the city. And did you see how they painted it red? Yes. 49ers red. Clever.、Mm -hmm. I did. I like it. No, I do too.、And、the way you break it down, Leanne, it does sound like a win-win. Thanks、yeah. so much. All right. Well, getting your shit together in the Noe Valley neighborhood is going to be easier. Yes, you will be able to take a poop, not in public, I guess, but a public toilet. Very nice, very nice. The Nevada、Looking、business owner, he was like, "Ah, you know, things are things are tough. Everybody's got their own regulation. It is what it is." I was like, "All、oh, right, you, this guy is actually pretty fucking reasonable."、Uh, yeah. Like somebody in chat said that he that looks like he looks like the kind of guy that would build a bathroom that like executes the people that use it. But、uh, <laughs> I mean, you have to imagine that someone who makes bathrooms for a living is a pretty practical person. So、uh, they wouldn't, you know, they they have patience. They're pragmatic. They are. Uh, always looking out for the bottom line, but、uh, they're willing to wait. So,、um, I mean, sometimes you have to wait to go, right? So, there you go. So, in down ballot watch, we have、uh, news about the、uh, California district、uh, congressional district sixteen primary. Yeah, I thought we'd do a little down ballot box bingo since we have、uh, our Super Tuesday primary election coming up here in California and、uh, locally.、Um, we had sort of a domino. 
effect that was created when Anna Eshoo retired or announced that she would be retiring from her seat in Congress after many, many years, I think almost 30, if not more than 30 years. Um, yeah, I think it was 30 years, 1992, I think was when she was elected. Um, so uh, uh, it has created a maelstrom of males who are running for the seat. Uh, and that includes uh, three folks you see here, um, but also a few other candidates. And we're going to learn more about them. And then we're going to look at a few of their advertisements um, and see what the, what the candidates themselves have to say about themselves. But uh, first, the, the little horse race clip from ABC. The primary election will decide which two candidates will appear on the ballot for representative of California's 16th Congressional District. And the race to see who will take over for Anna Eshoo is heating up. An open congressional seat is a rare thing in California. So, you know, this is the first time this seat has been open in um, over 30 years. And SJSU political science professor Melinda Jackson says State Assemblymember Evan Lowe, Santa Clara County Supervisor Joe Simidian, and former San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo are merging as favorite. The latter receiving a big endorsement Tuesday. Our local governments need a national partner so that we are addressing these issues from every angle. And that partner is Sam Licardo. Well, there aren't many endorsements that matter, but certainly the mayor of the largest city in the district uh, matters. And as mayors, we understand accountability and we embrace it. We need to bring that accountability to Congress because on issues like homelessness and crime and the high cost of living, we don't have an accountable Congress. Licardo, Lowe, and Simidian are growing their list of public endorsements, who each believe they are the right person for Congress. Lowe has pulled the California Legislative LGBTQ Caucus and several U.S. representatives, including South Bay Congressman Ro Khanna. Simidian, meanwhile, with perhaps one of the biggest voices of all in this particular race. I believe that there is one person that has the ability to best represent the people of this special place, and that is Joe Simidian. Jackson says each candidate has had successful careers and name recognition from that work as well as endorsements will make a big difference when pulling voters in a historically low turnout election like a primary. Each of these guys comes from a different area of the county and brings, you know, their own base of support from those areas. So voters are going to be looking for clues, you know, in terms of their own uh, knowledge of the candidates, but then also these endorsements of other familiar names. The primary election is March 5th. Dustin Dorsey, ABC 7 News. So <clears throat> I, I'm not in this district, but um, in let's say there is a, a primary election for uh, my vote. Well, uh, one of them, uh, Evan Lowe, I've seen get kind of like white girl wasted on Campbell Avenue, which I uh, respect. Um <laughs> The other one, uh, Sam Licardo, uh, several years ago, I think it was 2018, he and his wife were cutting a rug while I was DJing at Bike Party. And so uh-huh. so um, if I were to vote, those would be the two factors that I would be uh, using to decide who to vote for, which is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could also like use what kind of shoes they wear or how they cut their hair. Or, you know, there's so many ways you can go in terms of... Uh, deciding where to put your vote down um <laughs> but you know i think again pers- personal experiences and what they call relational organizing is actually uh, the most effective type of organizing and uh political uh, uh motivation and mobilization so uh you know the fact that you've had interactions with these individuals um you know can speak a lot uh when it comes to again making your final decision 
Also, uh, Sam Licardo clearly saw me drinking alcohol in a park uh, way after park curfew when there was certainly no alcohol allowed in the park. And he didn't, uh, you know, didn't didn't go after me. So, well, there you go. Well, hey, I guess I guess there's that. Um, He certainly has gone after many others. So we'll leave that that to another town ballot. So we got a we got a couple campaign ads here, both from uh, Evan Lowe. Here is an ad about him and his parents in what appears to be a very nice kitchen. Let's. Uh, this is growing up. My parents wanted me to become a doctor or an engineer. Those are good careers, but I chose a different path. First as mayor, and then in the legislature. I enshrined abortion rights in our California Constitution. In the face of Trump, I strengthened hate crime laws and lowered the cost for the middle class. Now, I'm running to bring the fight to Congress. You were always stubborn. And on that note, I'm Evan Lowe, and I approve this message. <clears throat> that commercial sucked. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the thing. I, I hear that from uh, some folks, but uh, it resonates um, with a demographic and some demographics that are incredibly important in this district. Um, I find it adorable, but that's also because I know Evan personally, and I know his dad, uh, who's that, that is his dad, actually, in that video uh, commercial. Um, but it resonates with parents. It resonates especially with uh, API, Asian American parents, uh, Chinese American parents, uh, and they are a very, very large contingent of the voting bloc in this district, um, enough to get someone into a runoff. So, um, I, you know, I think they're definitely playing that up. That's his first ad, um, so it's certainly playing at the the uh, uh, the humor the humorous side, but also the serious side, um, but trying to show the human side uh, of the candidate. So, uh, yeah, interesting spot. Now, the next spot is his more his newest ad, and it's his his, his serious side. This is Evans' serious. This election is about who shares your values. Serious. I'm the only candidate with a record of taking on MAGA Republicans and winning. When they overturned Roe, I secured abortion rights in our state constitution. When Trump attacked our LGBTQ and Asian neighbors, I strengthened our hate crime laws. I fought for all of us, struggling to keep up with the rising cost of living. I'm Evan Lowe, and I proved this message for all of our shared values. I don't know. I don't know. He's like the youngest candidate and his ads are like the ads you would see from the oldest candidate. <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, it's, it's playing to the audience, right? Like in a general election, you're going to see, I think a lot more, uh, you would see a lot more playing towards younger demographics um, because he can certainly mobilize them. They just don't vote in primaries. They don't vote in uh in off elections. They vote in general elections for the most part at a higher clip, right? But they don't vote in large enough quantities in these kind of elections. And the folks who do and for better or worse are older folks. Um now that doesn't that's not some sort of fate accompli. That can change. That can very much very easily change if we all just do our part and fucking vote it's not that hard anymore you get your ballot in the mail i don't know what anyone if anyone on this anyone in california watching or listening to this this show i i don't understand i have i have no i have no uh you know pity for you or i I pity you i have no love for you at all if you can't just mail your ballot in just do it even blindly mark the the ballot i don't care just just do it if they pay for the postage too you don't have to pay for the postage even just put it in the the Evan Lowe I know would be like, we're going to legalize keggers nationwide. Well, he'll be right. No, he, the thing is you got to get elected and then you can do what you want. Right. So <laughs> I, I think, you know, he's going to, 
you know, he's gonna slide in there, you know, and uh, and then take it over, par- party style. Um, and but Evan's the kind of guy, you know, he, he's got a high ceiling. He has a really high ceiling. Um, this may not be his, you know, that's, this certainly won't be the last thing you see him, um, you know, uh, drive for, go for, launch. Um, he's gonna do something, um, whether it's this or that or the other thing. So, were you saying before that he can't run for re-election in the California State House while he's running for this? Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, you can't run concurrently um, in the, at least in this primary. Now, if um, if that race weren't to be determined, say until November, then sure, um, he could run in this and lose, and then still run in November. But yeah, he would have to be on the ballot to make it to the runoff for his own seat, right? Technically, and what we'll talk about next week, uh, more than likely, if there's some video, is the race to replace Evan, um, which is also heating up a bunch of. Uh, Young, all young Democrats actually um, oh, good. vying for the seat. So that'll be a fun. If if, if there's video, we'll have it. Um, but uh, there's obviously lots of video for Congress, and there's lots of video for congressional candidates who have over a million dollars in the bank, and that's what Sam Licardo has. Uh, former mayor of San Jose, very familiar on to down ballaters. He is uh, another candidate uh, seeking a shoe seat, and we're going to see a couple of his TV ads. And uh, speaking very quiet, just notice that while you're watching. Nonpartisan experts agree. This is the least productive Congress in half a century. Instead of doing something on homelessness, crime, and the high cost of living, Congress is doing almost nothing but play politics. I'm former Mayor Sam Licardo, and my mission is to get Congress focused on what matters most to us. Because there are better solutions to homelessness, crime, and the punishing cost of living. Let's get it done. I'm Sam Licardo, and I approve this message. He's all, forget the fact that Mayor Ed 209 endorsed me. <clears throat> yes, for reals. Well, and they have this exact same agenda. Um, and the agenda he had didn't really work at the end of the day. Like, you know, I mean, the city didn't fall into some sort of abyss. Um, he was a, you know, good steward of the city. Um, but I don't, I can't and don't agree with, you know, revisionist history, no matter what candidate does it. And this is just to, 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 take a victory lap when there's really been no war or battle won um is you know absolute classic politician um absolutely classic politics as usual um and it's just what you'd expect uh so you know good on him um he's trying to you know do what he can to win um, using the tried and true steps but it's not true you know that uh <laughs> things did not get appreciably better um for the unhoused under Sam Licardo's leadership, they did not get better for working people appreciably. Um, they did not get better for a number of in a number of spaces, and he had challenges to deal with, no doubt. COVID uh, really just pretty much destroyed his second term, um, but he also had an opportunity there. And I, I just don't think that he or Married Two Hundred Nine are really taking advantage of that opportunity, and that was to um, truly develop a more engaged kind of a government, a more community-driven kind of government. Um, Ed, Ed Tuanon thinks he's doing that with like autoresponders and, and retargeters, but <laughs> that's, not, that's not how you mobilize people and organize people. The one positive thing I will say about him is like the one positive thing I always say about Gavin Newsom. I think he's not afraid to like, once if he gets it, he won't be afraid to draw blood from his political opponents, like obviously metaphorically. The same yeah. way that um, Gavin Newsom has never been afraid to do that. And I feel like 
that is the it's like the one other than him ignoring me drinking in the park while he was dancing with his wife that one time um, like yeah, that's I, the it, you know that's that's a good thing um and i think the democratic party needs a bit more of that um and i if i'm not mistaken he's like kind of right now the sort of favorite is that is that correct i mean so at this stage uh spot San Jose spotlight did a um we can watch some it's a youtube of it but uh they did a poll of their own an independent poll and revealed some results the other night. Um, and it's an early poll because it's before really these ads started running, before people started getting information in their mail um, or online or seeing digital ads or lawn signs or any of that stuff or finding out anything about these people that they didn't already know. And in any race like that, the people who have been around, have been on the ballot, have been um, in the news are going to be the ones that you know lead the race, right? So uh, Lucardo, having been mayor for eight years, council member before that, but really, you know, uh, did his best to establish himself in the regional way. I think we talked about that a lot in Down Ballot when we were covering stories about him, that he was trying to regionalize himself with the intent of running for something like this. So he's well-known. So in a poll, he does really well. Um, Joe Simidian, who's a co- the uh, supervisor from the northern part of the district, or the, from the middle part of the district, I guess, northern county, he has been uh, in the state senate. He has been on school boards. He has been in the board of supervisors twice. So he has been on the ballot in some way or another, and people have been voting for him. Likely voters have been voting for him. Remember, these are likely voters in this poll um, for 30 years, right? So he's very well known. So they, you know, he may have a ceiling of people who like him, but there's enough people who know him um, that he's going to finish pretty well in a poll. So there, there were the two standouts. The rest, you know, are sort of lounging in a space behind them but that's before any of these ads start running it's before anyone knows anything so uh it really is anyone's game because there was also like 30 some odd percent undecided right oh people who had not really figured out one way or the other and these are likely voters people who are probably going to vote so um they're going to decide at some point um so it'll be interesting to see where they break um but Lucardo has also taken the lead in fundraising um like i said more than a million dollars in the bank and uh, another candidate we'll see later, um, Mr. Techbro, is, is up there as well. But everyone else is, is raising decent amounts of money in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's amazing how much it takes to run these races. But um, uh, they're all doing well. But Lucardo certainly is one of the front runners in terms of money and early awareness. Well, say. here's Sam's next ad. This is about uh, homelessness. There you go. There are better solutions to homelessness. Oh. We build housing, prevention, treatment for addiction and mental health. I'm former Mayor Sam Licardo. In my city, we leveraged innovative approaches like quick build housing to reduce street homelessness by 11% in one year. But we need Congress to do its part. I'm Sam Licardo and I approve this message because we need to get Congress working together on what matters most to us. Let's get it done. So reducing homelessness 11% in one year, this dude was the... um was the mayor for more than one year sure and unsheltered homelessness is, is one thing there's so many definitions of home being homeless um but uh and that number has gone up it's gone down it's a point in time kind of census it's very hard to to gauge frankly um and i'm not that's not to say you you need some sort of metric right um but it's not a reliable metric and again it's, it's revisionist history um you know it, Every step of the way, you know, his administration and others would, uh, you know, delay, uh, obfuscate, hide the ball, 
whatever you want to call it, um, slow walk, uh, things like, you know, sanctioned encampments and this quick build housing, right? They weren't fans of this stuff at all. They weren't treating this like a crisis for a number of years. Sam was on the council for eight years before he was mayor even, and no one was talking about a housing crisis even during the midst, in the midst of the recession, the, the, the great housing bubble collapsed and no one was talking about a housing crisis at the time, even though folks over the advocates, the people on the outside, the people who were in the housing crisis, right? Um, so suddenly, you know, now that he's no longer mayor and it's been a couple of years, we've all forgotten. And, you know, uh, we're supposed to give him credit for, 11, for an 11% decrease in unsheltered um, housing. Sure, you know, um, and please, Sam, build more of those, you know, prefab units that look like the the toilet that's coming to Noe Valley, right? I'm really sure people are going to want to live in those. Um, you know, we can do more. We can do quick build. We can do it with dignity, and uh, we can you know we can do it in every community if everyone just stepped up. But uh, another one I want to point out really quick: earlier, when we saw Mayor Ed Two Nine endorsing Mayor previous Ed Two Nine, Two Nine Senior. Um, they were doing it outside of a uh, Evans Lane, which is a uh, project in uh, my city council district that uh, was built or was released. On, it was being proposed at the time. Um, it's transitional housing with supportive services uh, linked in. And it was being proposed um, at a time when I was actually seeking the council seat. This is when you and I first met, when I first came on the, the Plex. That's and probably why you lost. Yeah. To be honest with you, it's one of those issues where I didn't win any votes. Like, I don't know that it... Oh me. no, I meant coming on my podcast is probably. Oh, that, that absolutely did. That absolutely did. But yeah, my <laughs> rhetoric, my rhetoric around this definitely didn't. Um, but yeah, neighborhood associations were freaking out, you know, in the area. And there was a big meeting. I remember that we were all called, all the candidates were called to of the neighborhood association to find out what, we're, what would we do about these homeless coming to their neighborhood and, and exposing themselves to their children. Um, and it was all I could do not to, um, to just be polite and listen right before it was my chance to talk um, and then when I spoke, it was all I could do not to just call these people out for b- b- being the absolute, you know, uh, bigoted, racist, dumbassery, uh, dumbasses. <laughs> I can't really explain it any other way. Um, prejudice, folks. Um, but it was an issue. I'm just put, pointing this out because it was an issue eight years ago, right? The, the, the council person who was elected that year is now terming out. <laughs> and now... At the time, Sam, you know, Sam Licardo and others were were more than happy to placate these neighbors and say, "Yeah, we don't need you know you, you have definitely don't, don't want homeless people coming and exposing themselves to your children." Um, so, uh, and now, of course, they're they're standing outside of this complex and taking credit for it now that it's finally built after eight years. It took almost eight years to get built, by the way, and now they're they're taking the victory lap. So it's, it's kind of gross, but again, politics as usual. They know how to they know how to frame themselves. Right for the people that they need to vote. So sure. We're going to move on here to Joe Samidian. Apparently, he's doing uh, Facebook Reels like the kids. Like the yeah, kids it seems see, he's he's not worried about like TV. He just he's on Facebook. Joe Samidian wrote the first in the nation law to protect your privacy from data breaches. And for teen mental health, Joe launched the first inpatient facility for young people in our area. Ahead of the curve, Joe Simidian for Congress. Go Joe. Joe Sim- oh, That was a pretty good ad. Right? That, that nice pulsating forward marching drum beat, you know, kind of music. Joe, Joe, Joe. Like to, trying, trying to distract me from the fact that Joe has been around. <laughs> like, I, I know Joe as well, but he's, he ain't young. 
um, and he'd been around. Um, but this makes him and like his Gojo logo, right? It's it's very well constructed campaign, um, very well done, I would say, uh, by the consultants. Um, but it, you know, it gives it gives the impression that this is a vibrant, forward moving campaign. Um, so good on him. Let's and check out his next seconds. reel. Let's do it. Oh, this is good. good ad yo yeah. this is what i would think like the singing and stuff like that's a little bit kind of old timey person stuff but this is the kind of ad campaign that i would have expected the younger candidate to be running that was like a tiktok for seniors like right. is there a is there a tiktok for seniors like tiktok like it's or, called you know, facebook reels is, well like the clock is ticking right like tiktok um yeah <laughs> that was yeah that was pretty fabulous uh i i definitely think they need to to bank that and and record it um, and release it because uh, it, it would just make everybody happy and much better, I think, as a promotional tool than Sam Licardo's book. I don't know if you noticed that. Sam Licardo wrote another book. He wrote oh. a book when he ran for mayor and he wrote another book now that he's running for Congress. And you can read it if you want. Uh, no. Um, yeah. No. Uh, Real quick also book recommendation that has nothing to do with this. But uh, Pete, if you were looking, sorry, Councilman, if you were looking for a book that uh, isn't necessarily about local stuff, uh, Naomi Klein's book Doppelganger. Oh, I like Naomi. I like some Naomi Klein. I'll check that have out. You read Shock Doctrine? I have. I have it right over here. I this think, is somewhere. this book is a bit more autobiographical in nature, and it's about her oh. being confused with Naomi Wolf. I and, always do that. And, and Naomi it's, Watts it's, it's, to it's, the actress. It's. <clears throat> I'm actually giving it to my mother next because oh. some of the things she says about what she calls the mirror world are almost like my autobiography. So you should uh, write that down and go ahead and get that book. It's very good. But that's not down ballot content. But I do try to sneak in that endorsement. That was the, the I, that book fucking haunts me. It works for me, man. And, and if you want, treat it like a you know library book. Just put a little card in there. You know, once my, your mom's done, you know, she can sign it off, and I'll sign it out. And I'll oh yeah, when well, my mom's done with it, maybe I'll just give it to you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You can set up one of those little libraries outside the house, just full of one book. Yeah, just one book. That that oh, it'd be so baller. Just one book, like Dianetics or something. Right. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know yes. who Peter Dixon is, but um, speaking of Dianetics, <laughs> I don't know who Peter Dixon is, but this is probably the Scientology candidate. Let's see what his ad looks like. Growing up in Silicon Valley, I learned early on that a creative spark can change the world. I'm Peter Dixon, and I've carried that with me everywhere I've been. It's what brought me to Kenya, where we used youth soccer to combat ethnic violence. After 9-11, I joined the Marine Corps, and I led young men and women combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. Where we didn't use soccer to combat violence. Combating corruption, I was recruited to Hillary Clinton's State Department, where I worked with nonprofits and federales to combat cartel violence. Ooh, he's a spy. All of that, I saw that Silicon Valley has an essential role to play in 
bringing the US government into the 21st century. That sparked an idea to found a cybersecurity company bringing game-changing commercial technology to the US government. That innovation is now modernizing the American military, giving us the ability to free up $100 billion a year. But I'd like to invest in housing, healthcare, and education. I'm running for Congress to be Silicon Valley's ambassador to America, to protect our democracy, defeat Donald Trump, and change the world. My daughter's one, Eric. This is my spark. What's yours? So there's someone in our chat named a Stealthy Fed Agent and a very committed to the bit. And it's like, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's morphing into all sorts of things. Like he's he's something for everyone. He's a Marine. He was in Hillary Clinton's State Department. He worked with Federales. Um, <laughs> and then something about soccer in Kenya to combat ethnic cleansing. Like, I don't understand what that's all about, but... That sounds like really an know. episode of a Scientology TV show we watch called Voices for Humanity, where they go around the world trying to sell you. It's a white savior shit that the Scientology does, and that's what he was doing. He's like, we went over. Did you know that people in Kenya play soccer? Right. They call it football. I, they call it football. <laughs> and you touch its ball with your foot. That's why they call it football. No, I, his whole theme is who we are, right? This is who we are. I have no idea who this guy is. I've seen like this ad. I've seen the next ad like 50 times. I have no idea who this person is. I've even read his website. I don't, it's his I, he job for nobody to know who he is, Councilman. Right, right. He was a Marine. That's all I can tell. I mean, I, I, I guess you wouldn't lie about that, and that's something pretty clear. He was a Marine. So I have some, like, I, I do have a shred of respect for that, but I have no idea what else this guy is about. And I've, you know, I, I've known too many Marines too, <laughs> to be honest. Um, all right, stealthy Fed agent in the chat's getting a little. Th I think this is stealthy Fed agent from my chat. Peter Dixon. Yeah, I think this is it could be that agent. It could be. Well, let's, let's see what his, this, this is his new TV ad. This is the one, if you've watched TV in this district in the past like week, you've seen this ad at least 50 million times. You want to see who we are as Americans? Yes. I'm Peter Dixon, and in Kenya, we built a hospital that provides maternal care. As oh. Marines, we fought against the Taliban and their crimes against women. And in Taylor Clinton State Department, we took on gender-based violence in the Congo. Now, extremists are banning abortion and contraception right here at home. So I'm running for Congress to help stop them for your family and mine. I approve this message because this is who we are. Get yourself a congressman who uh, was involved in two or three coups in South America. We can't talk about it, everybody. <laughs> right. I like how the kids, are, their faces are in there, but the but mom's face isn't in the, it doesn't get to be in the ad. Or maybe that was her choice. I don't know. But like, I'm, I don't see how mom chooses not to be in there and says, oh yeah, the kids can have their faces in the ad. So either those are plant kids or, uh, or that's plant mom. And mom is not in the picture right now and doesn't want to be. <laughs> That's entirely possible. I mean, Tech Pro, dude. I'm, yeah, I can. I can totally see him being uh, divorcee, um, and mom just not wanting anything to do with this freaking congressional run and being on TV. Or mom is also a spy and can't be photographed. Also possible. Also possible. I mean, he's exposing himself. I, I just hope he's okay. Like he's, he's hopefully got good security. He's got that nice, unassuming black lady with the laptop helping him, you know, do things. Um, and then cut to like him cruising down the freeway like oj like what's going on here very strange very strange i don't know who this guy is i'm definitely not voting for him um but we'll see if he's like, got a million he's got a million dollars so he's like one of the bad guys in burn notice like 
He's also been knocking doors with a, a Marine who's running for my city council seat as well. Um, so it's pretty in, in sort of overlapping areas. So very interesting. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. So, so, uh, who's, so who's Julie for Congress? Well, Julie for Congress. Uh, hey, everyone. Um, you haven't heard about her in the TV hit or earlier because uh, you know, no one's talking about her. But there is a woman running out of like 12 candidates, I think. She's the only, she may be the only woman. She's certainly the only Democratic woman. Um, she's a council member from Palo Alto. Uh, she's a pretty cool lady. Um, and uh, she's running. She's running a campaign, but it, it, it's definitely an uphill climb. But I wanted to give her a shout out here because I think uh, we need to pay respects to all the uh, the uh, viable candidates. So here's Julie. Hi, I'm Julie Lithcott-Hames. Running for Congress against 10 men, I was told I should credential myself. So I'm a former Stanford dean, a Palo Alto City Council member, and a mom of two who wants a better world for my kids, all our kids. And that means working for affordable housing, tackling climate change, and protecting abortion rights. I approve this message because it's time to stop scoring political points and start rooting for humans. She should come out and be like, listen, you can be a, you can be a hundred percent sure that I am not a spy. <laughs> she's also uh, uh, from the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, um, cool. So uh, she's out and proud. Uh, so yeah, she would be a first in a lot of ways in, in our region, but um, yeah, one woman against 10 men. I mean, at the end of the day, 51%, 52% sometimes of the electorate, uh, depending on where registration's at, are women. Uh, and women vote at higher clips, just like all those other demographics, older folks, um, they vote at higher clips in uh, primary elections, in off elections. So you know, Julie could get some votes simply from that. You know, I, I, uh, any woman will tell you, most women I know will tell you they don't vote with their ovaries, but... Uh, you know, it, when you're looking at a ballot that, you know, where you'd be one of, you know, you're not being seen, right? Um, and there's one voice there for you. Maybe that, maybe that's something that could, you know, push some votes her way. Some of those 38% undecided, right? Um, but you have to get your word out. You have to let people know who you are, where you are. This is a good ad. Um, it's, a, but it's unfortunately, I think mostly on digital and it's not going to get on, uh, it's not going to get on TV. She's not going to be able to compete with um, the big boys as it were. Um, in that space, and that's unfortunate. Um, but we'll see. We will see what happens. Um, yeah, when when I, I do, can tell you one thing: this guy not going to be in the runoff. I'm gonna. I'll make a bold prediction right now. This is uh, Rishi Kumar, and um, he's going to say some dumb shit about Gaza, probably. Yes. Today, today can't be it anymore. Can't be it. Anymore. And. Uh, you know, I've, I've been in Los Altos Hills in Stanford University, in Los Caros, in Mountain View, hearing stories from families. But why don't you go somewhere that regular people live? From families who have been affected. There are He's from Saratoga. Right in our midst who have been affected. The very first story I heard of was of uh, Eel Waldman, right here in Palo Alto. His daughter, Danielle, was in the concert, and she was unfortunately killed. What a sad day for humanity. What a sad day for humanity. Barbaric acts from Hamas. Look at that beautiful baby right there. Does that baby deserve to be in captivity? No. It's time to bring them home now. Bring them home now. Bring them home now. Bring them home now. I get the feeling this guy doesn't give a fuck 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was at a pro-Palestinian rally a little bit later in the evening. <laughs> These brutal, horrific acts of his, of Israel um, and, and the Israeli government and military. Just the way he was like, look at that baby over there. <laughs> oh, it was so, so bad. I, I, I think I put the clip in just for that one moment. Um, of just shameless po- political gamesmanship. And I think a lot of people here are being polite. And applauding him, but we don't <laughs> no, need to see more. We don't nobody, need to see more. Nobody right? really wants to chant with this guy, even if they no. agree with him. Um, speaking of agreeing with him, he doesn't agree with Scott Weiner's bill on AI, and he's got some very interesting ideas about AI that he's going to speak about in this campaign event. I, I think apologize he is AI. <laughs> I apologize in advance for the bad audio, but he did bother to include uh, captions, so I think they're auto captions. But anyway, roll the clip. Happening today, right here in this room. We want to make it easy for all of you. So I feel that bill is not fair. So please go look it up. Scott Wiener's proposal, it's a legislative proposal that he's rolling out. So I feel that we should be at a national level. We should be coming up with a a very logical, fairly pragmatic policy when it comes to artificial intelligence and how we want to grow this economy based upon that. I'll I'll be very simple on this one. It's the new arms race. How many of you have seen Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer? You know, if we hadn't embarked upon that nuclear strategy, U.S. would not be a world power today. It would not be a world power. But forget about the nuclear technology or, you know, the arms and uh, the arms race that we had. This is the new arms race of the future. It's AI. Because if we don't embrace it, if we don't move forward, you know, there are countries around the world that are allies. There are allies that will be eating our lunch and our dinner. And we'll- All right. Well, that was a weird place to cut that but whatever that was right before he went into you know talking about hamas and (laughs) genocide and how ai will will save the day um also soccer um anyway so those are the candidates um you also didn't hear about rishi in the the news but that's also because rishi's just not viable look at that that baby (laughs) i'll i'll give him this like he he is pointing out the fact that he did run previously he's run twice i think previously against eshu herself um and he you know got 30 something percent of the vote 38 percent of the vote last time um but that was because that issue got 62 percent of the votes so. did uh did, did he say look at the baby it, no probably he not he would have won he just, if he would have said look at that baby <laughs> that would have done what yeah he can what he did was consolidate all of the voters who just don't like an issue or aren't democrats right um and aren't staunch democrats and, and and he consolidated all of them because there was no one else right it was just him and her so uh Anyway, at, uh, he's he's probably tilting at windmills, but who knows? Who knows? Anything's possible. Um, anyway, that's the, those are the candidates. Uh, if you live in that district, you're going to be hearing more about them. Um, they'll be on your ballot. So uh, we do not endorse here on on down ballot, but uh, take your yeah. Pick, I don't. But... I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm going to endorse any of any. Well, I feel like I feel like if I don't endorse the CIA guy, he might out. You know. Right. I, I don't want him coming for us. I'm, I'm really Peter Dixon. I'm really sorry if you watch or listen to this and you feel disparaged anyway. Uh, we we respect you a lot. We love <laughs> we love tech bros who are former Marines and played soccer with kids in Kenya. So uh, please do not hate. I bet that motherfucker didn't let the kids win the soccer game. <laughs> you need to teach them resilience, producer Dave. <laughs> 
All right. So um, what's this? A, a Google Drive link is usually something reserved for Madison Star Moon. Uh, re- removed her own fucking video or yes. something along those lines. Yes. So so the councilman was perusing the campaign websites of all of our candidates here. And uh, at the bottom of Evan Lowe's website, there was a random link, media. Now, let me take a quick second since we have one moment um, and we're pushing up on time here. Uh, oftentimes, uh, in races like this, you'll see the candidates spending lots of money on ads and mailers and all that fun stuff that goes with winning votes. But you also, as you probably hear a lot about, you are there are independent groups. You'll see independent expenditures, as they call them, or IEs. Uh, these are committees that are either organized uh, on an ongoing basis or ad hoc on a campaign by campaign basis by special interest groups. Say, for example, Uber has their own political action committee or independent expenditure committee. Uh, PG&E has their own independent expenditure committee. Um, labor groups will contribute to independent expenditure, commi- expenditure committees. Business groups will contribute to independent expenditure committees, realtors, other folks like that, right? Uh, so, and they will produce their own ads and their own mailers and their own information about the candidates they support or maybe the candidates they oppose, right? And negative stuff. Um, now, they need material to make these ads, to make the the, the mailers, and they don't want to use like, grainy photos that they you know scraped off of someone's website you know they right clicked and downloaded off of someone's website they want to have the real real deal the high resolution stuff and when it comes up and usually you'll see campaigns push out on a page on their website randomly like why are you posting all these high resolution photos it's so that it's public and then these ies can then come and grab these photos and use them in their mailers because the campaigns can't coordinate i should make that really clear The, the candidate and these independent expenditures cannot coordinate and they don't cannot they don't communicate at all cannot they're not supposed to it's illegal you can get fined quite a bit of of cheese um and get disqualified from elections even if you violate these rules so it's very important that no communication happens at all but it doesn't prevent the campaigns from putting you know collateral out there as you might call it that these independent groups could then use in their ads right and you see it all the time you know and that's why it looks like when you get you know 50 mailers about the same candidate right in one day it's not all the candidates sending them, right? But it looks like it because they're using all the same photos and right, right, and logos. So uh, this is something interesting I found when I clicked on a, a link at the bottom of Evan Lowe's media, uh, website, which is where you normally find the links to these pages, media. I clicked on media and it said it had a, it had not just, it had talking points. It had media talking points for different, you know, different types of media. And then it had links for photos, which are, you know, photo, general photos from Evan's campaign and then video. And when I clicked on video, this is what came up. There's no audio. <laughs> so there's four minutes. Not just of this shot. There's, there's more. There we go. Cross-armed Evan. Evan with a police officer. His brother, in fact. Evan with the police officer, brother walking, laughing. Evan talking with his brother, the police officer. His brother, the police officer, who was featured on a down ballot. Cut. There we go. Hugging with his brother. Evan with his dad and stepmom. Don't tell anybody. His mom is actually, well, I shouldn't say this, but it's true. She's a trumper. Don't hold it against him. 
She's a lovely lady. Evan with young people, young women. Because Evan is a sensitive man. Look at that smile. Evan. <laughs> Evan. That's, that's with a Latino fam. Okay, so Evan, pod, podcast listeners, that was just like what I would only describe as like B-roll. It's exa- exactly what it is. Exactly. So you'll see that cut over, you know, cut into ads, um, you know, that these independent groups do, you know, Evan Lowe is a champion for the environment, says PG&E. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so watch it, watch out and always look for the paid for by uh, at the bottom of your, your mailers and your TV ads, because uh, they have to say now in California, who are the biggest funders, not just the committee name, right? The committee to, to make uh, puppies the greatest thing since sliced bread. No, no, it's like, this is actually funded by, uh, you know, PG&E, and I keep dragging them under the bus, but you know what I'm saying? Lyft, yeah. uh, Salesforce, you know, you, you name it, your um, face meta. Um, and they do have their own, uh, the 49ers, right? They have, they have their own pack. Um, so the, conspicuously missing from that, maybe I just don't know, conspicuously missing from all this would be uh, his partner. Do you know if he's single or? Evan, uh, you know what? I don't, I want to say he has a, partner but he's he's pretty good about keeping that fairly close to the vest okay. so i don't particularly know i'm sure sh- i'm sure the good wife does she's in on all that she's me um i don't i don't hang around the campaign office enough <laughs> let's just say um but i know where it is so i could go over and find out <laughs> well that'll be the we'll find that out next week is evan low single i'll do a little research this weekend come back with a video well unlike last week your connection is rock solid this week so you want to read the show out for us that's simply lovely. Well, uh, I would have, be happy to. Um, thank you, as always, uh, listener and viewer, for joining us for Down Ballot, the stream and podcast, the ninth best local news podcast in California, according to some dude. We invite you to stick around for public comment, which is coming up next, as always, and to uh, take in all of the fine content from Echoplex Media. You can find all of that information at echoplexmedia.com, as well as ways to support and you can also find merch. We have brand new down ballot merch that producer Dave has pushed out there. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to grab a shirt myself so that I can rock my down ballot merch out there in public and hopefully get one more person listening to the show. Uh, we hope that you get masked, that you get vaxxed. You don't have to wear pants if you don't want to. And we're going to leave you with some audible smoke as always. Have a great night, everyone. Peace out. <laughs> Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage, waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand, ready to blaze for me About five minutes later, we're all singing We left in the book up on stage and like the scene We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Enjoy that band I turn and head back to the 
bar for a refill, man, because you know where we are. We're headed out to the car to smoke another one what? and another one. Woo! Now, just when the magic starts kicking in, now here we left playing, and you know it's time to head in. Alright, everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink, spark it if you got it, and then pass it to me. Yeah. We do what we want. And what we want is the jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, what we want to do, and what we want is the jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. Last up on the bill for the show tonight is down and dirty in five, so we're headed outside to spark up another joint. Now who's got my light? A stoner E, of course, shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch being who I gotta be I'm fucked up like the US economy The truth is is that I don't think logically Stone to E take you on a psychedelic odyssey Now inside motherfuckers is rocking me And outside shit we smoke a lot of broccoli Rocky the rolly all the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck but I'll probably do a sloppily We do what we want and what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Sit back and enjoy the band